1: These two boys from that very young age losing their mum have shared this very unifying event in their lives that they are very close to their dad but it's only each other who truly understand what they've been through and the struggles that they've gone through as a result of their mum's death. William was very mindful of the fact that Harry wasn't coping and he actually was the one that, that suggested he went and saw somebody about his anger and depression. When you're madly in love, you don't want anyone to question your choice. That's so true. it's no surprise that Harry possibly did react badly to that. I think in years to come, Harry will appreciate William's intervention and will see it for what it is.
2: Hi there and welcome to New Idea Royals. It's the only podcast that reveals what really goes on behind palace doors. I'm Smita Mystery, and today we'll be talking about Harry and William's unbreakable bond, the truth about their falling out and how they mark the anniversary of their mother's death. Joining us today to share her amazing knowledge is royal expert and commentator Angela Mollard. Hi Ange. Hi, Smita, how are you? Good, thank you. So Andrew Morton has um, written for the Royal Monthly about Prince William and Harry's unbreakable
1: bond. What has he said? He's um, talked about their relationship. Obviously, these are two brothers. There's no other siblings. He's spoken about them being actually closer than we think. And I think that's probably true. They've had a unique circumstance. No one else can quite understand what it is to be a prince and a member of the royal family and the next in line to the throne as William and Harry do. And I think, you know, this quote from Andrew Morton sort of sums it up. He says their relationship is incredibly intimate. Nobody apart from each other knows exactly, not even their father, what's gone on in their heads and their hearts for the last 20-odd years. They both experienced the loss of their mother. The only people that they could trust to talk about it in a candid way was each of them. And I think that's true. They who do you turn to? Yes, you can get professional help, which I know that they they have. But really, these two boys from that very young age losing their mum have shared this very unifying event in their lives. I, you know, that they are very close to their dad, but it's only each other who truly understand what they've been through and the struggles that they've gone through as a result of their mum's death. And obviously, they're born into a different age than, say, Prince Charles, who's very stiff upper lip. His father sent him to a to Gordonston, this private uh, boarding school in, in Scotland. It was about suppressing feelings and emotions, whereas William and Harry have been born into a generation that does talk about it and they've been encouraged to talk about it uh, and they've been huge mutual support for each other. Apparently the pair were always close right from birth. Yeah, I know. Well, some siblings aren't, are they? They sort of hate each other from the moment they're born. But Prince Charles once said that when uh, Harry came along, when William was two, he was really enthusiastic. In fact, he said that he used to, you know, get into Harry's cot and sit, sort of climb in and out and sit there. And he was very protective of him. Um, you know, they much is made about the ways in which these boys are different, but they're also very similar in lots of ways. They've gone through the military background. Um, they've had a separated parents and then divorced parents. They've um, you know, endured the loss of their mother. They've had to think very carefully about the um, women that they're going to marry and, and the families that they're going to create together. And I think that um, the fact that they ad- have to address life in a similar way because of the constraints of their position means that there is a uniqueness to their understanding of what each other are going through.
2: And how do you think the different expectations on them have guided their lives?
1: Oh, hugely. I think that, you know, we can see this right from the start. You know, William was a a more shy child. Harry was more of a prankster. Um, uh, That uh, There's that sense of duty within William, you know, the very careful way he went about um, deciding to marry Kate, knowing that that – it wasn't just his wife it would be his consort uh, on the throne and i think he was very deliberate in a lot of the things he's chosen to do and the choices he's made in his life there's a lot of deep thinking at at the heart of who he is harry is more spontaneous he's more playful he's funnier but the flip side of that is that he feels things very deeply in fact diana you know always was aware of their responsibilities on her two sons. And she said, you know, years ago, not long after Harry was born, she said royal firstborns may get all the glory, but secondborns enjoy more freedom. And she said only when Harry is a lot older will he realise how lucky he is not to have been the eldest. My second child will never have quite the same sort of pressure that poor William must face all his life. Now, I think that's really interesting because we know that Harry then, as he got older, went on to say that, Actually, he didn't really want to be royal. He didn't even really like being, at that stage, I don't know what n- line, number he was in line to the throne, but in line to the throne, he didn't want that burden or that responsibility. So he has been vocal about not wanting it. William, of course, has never had a choice. What I think is interesting is that I think William and Kate have, uh, they're clearly communicative, they clearly are uh, intent on making this role part of their lives, but not all of their lives. They're very focused on family and that being an incredibly supporting um, construct for, for William's life. And I think that what will happen is that if they have an intact and happy marriage, they will actually bring a, a, a They'll put. – they'll allow George to be in a better position to take on that role. I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if William felt very – Alone as he as after his death of his mother, and that he knew he had this huge responsibility on his shoulders and he's chosen someone who is incredibly supportive of him to be his wife. I think I think he will have a unique understanding about messages he passes on to George about the responsibility of the crown. And when I say the responsibilities of the crown, obviously the day-to-day duties remain the same. But the perception, the place in society, the criticism, the media, social media, that is ever evolving. And that completely changes the role from one generation to the next. If you look at the way that Charles and Diana's um, time together was reported versus how it's reported now, they have a greater voice themselves. And I think adapting to modern media to discussing of honest things, so for instance, mental health, um, grief, those sorts of things which they've uh, talked about, brings its own stresses but also brings its freedoms as well to be honest and to not have that sort of... um, you know, the, the monarchy was always rather distant and untouchable. And I think this generation have made it less so. And they're really sort of setting their own course with that. And I think it's a better way.
2: Just touching on the mental health side, Harry struggled when, with anger and depression after his mother's death. But it was William who urged him to get help. What can you tell us?
1: Yeah. So, um, Harry did struggle. He's talked about how how much he struggled. He he was very angry. He felt sad. He's talked about this when he was in Australia. He's talked about it with mental health ch- charities. In fact, William himself has also talked about grief. But I think what's interesting is that actually it was William who encouraged uh, Harry to get help. Uh, back in July twenty sixteen, um, they uh, I think it was a little bit before that actually. William was very mindful of the fact that Harry wasn't coping and he actually was the one that that suggested he went and saw somebody about his anger and depression. And he's actually said, for me personally, my brother, you know, bless him, he was a huge support to me. He kept saying, this is not right, this is not normal, you need to talk to someone about stuff, it's okay. Harry's not only talked about talking, he's talked about the person that influenced him. And I think the wisdom in this is not just that, William had the maturity to see what his brother needed. But I think the fact that Harry's revealed that it was his brother is an encouraging sign to other people who may be dealing with depression that siblings can make a huge difference in this. And it really alludes to how close they were um, and, and how, as as we've already talked about, they have this particular understanding between them.
2: For a few years the brothers did go their separate ways but there was a special time where they spent a lot of time in close
1: quarters. When was that? Mm, So... uh they went off and did their separate things. William went on a gap year, went to university, and there was a few years. Then uh, Harry was in Afghanistan. But in two thousand and nine, for the first time in years, they shared a room when they both uh, attended the defence helicopter flying school, at um, in in the UK, and they actually shared a room. And they've given a they gave an interview about it at the time and talked about. Yeah, it was pretty evident that they had this closer relationship. There was a lot of joking about you know, who was the better housekeeper and who <laughs> snored. And um, William at the time said, bearing in mind, I cook, I feed him every day. I think he's done very well. And he was quite teasing and he said, I do a fair bit of tidying up after him as well. He snores a lot too. He keeps me up all night long. But clearly sharing a room... You know, not a, not in a palace where you have servants and they do everything for you, but where you're actually providing for each other. And, you know, that would have been a very uh, solidifying time for them. They were both on a sort of joint mission to to learn something new, living in close quarters and, and you know, having a, I think it was an inspired thing that they shared with each other because you can't. It's sometimes it's only circumstance that can build that cl- closeness. You know, you can go and see each other and have lunch every Sunday or whatever, but it's sometimes that that sort of childhood closeness that really that uh, that you can repeat in adulthood that that brings that bond closer.
2: For a long time, William, Kate, and Harry seemed like really good mates. Why was that?
1: They were. You saw them all the time. Look, sometimes when Harry had a girlfriend, sometimes when they didn't, but they were a really look all the pictures from that time. They look like they're having fun, and Kate clearly adores Harry. You know, she's she she's not a woman who, you know, her face describes what she feels, and and you can see that she really enjoyed her at that time boyfriend, then on to husband's um, little brother. They seem to have a good time together. They set up the ch- charity heads together. They clearly want to do to do something meaningful, which they did. Perhaps it's just a natural. You know, part of that timing, I think that makes sense, you know, between girlfriends. It's a nice way for Harry to spend his time. I'm sure he just sat around in the evenings and watched a movie with them and that sort of thing. I mean, living as you do in those apartments in Kensington Palace, you have staff, but, you know, it's hard for people to get in and out, security's tight. It's probably easy just to slop over to your brother's house and, you know, where someone's cooking a roast chicken and you can (laughs) lounge around and have a beer and, and chill out. I think it's probably something we'll see again in the future as they get through these early, these, you know, very busy days of of early uh, parenting, particularly for Meghan and Harry, I think they'll come together again, even though, of course, we've seen a a little bit of unrest between the two of them.
2: Yeah. Touching on that, despite their closeness, there's been lots of rumours about their falling Mm -hmm. out. What do you think's happened?
1: Look, I think that probably the truth of it is that it's not Meghan and Kate. I suspect it is Harry and William. And I think that in the same way that William, um, encouraged Harry to get help when he was suffering from mental health issues. I think William probably did ask the question, you know, are you really sure about Meghan? It was a very quick relationship. Uh, there were a lot of – when we think about relationships, it's the it's the factors and values that are the same that often, you know, bind a couple together. And, and William's a smart man. He would have looked at it and thought, well, there's a lot of differences here. You know, this, this woman is moving country. She's an actress. She's used to celebrity – She's American. She's a divorcee. Not that I'm not saying this in a way that is that he in any way stigmatized her, but I think he would have encouraged his brother. He would have wanted for his brother a solid and long lasting relationship. And if he did ask the question, are you sure? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That said, when you're madly in love, you don't want anyone to question your choice. So it's no. Surprise that Harry possibly did react badly to that. I think in years to come, Harry will appreciate William's intervention and we'll see it for what it is, which really I think is probably just we are in a unique position, bro. Really think about this because when things go wrong, you see how it plays out. We, you know, those boys saw how it played out for their mum and dad. You know, a separation in the public eye is not an easy thing. So if William was asking Harry to consider it deeply. It was only from a protective point of view. It wasn't a meddling or any kind of um, dislike of Meghan. I'm sure it was just for Harry's best interest. Sometimes we take time to learn these um, wisdoms and I think they'll be fine in the long run, but it's probably just been a a little bit, It it probably in the first throes of love, I think it's probably something Harry didn't want to hear, but I think they'll get through it. They're only human after all. Exactly. And look, (laughs) every normal family has this happen. You know, plenty of normal families go, yeah, I'm not sure about, are you sure about him? And, you know, say a lot worse. So I think they'll be fine. It was the anniversary of Diana's death recently. Do the
2: brothers still mark
1: the occasion? Apparently they do. They do spend time together. They apparently spent time on that Sunday morning together. And then, you know, it's just some quiet time with each other remembering their mum talking about it and then Kate and Megan and their children sort of they all came together I'm not sure exactly what they did but that they do mark this occasion I think it's probably very important to both of them they they uniquely know their own experience of it and I don't think it's a day that go that would go unmarked. And finally
2: how do you think their relationship will unfold in years to come?
1: I think it'll soften I think Megan and Kate will draw from each other in ways we haven't yet seen. They're very different. I think Kate is very old-fashioned and protective of the royal family, and I think at heart she's a very good woman. And I think she will, as she gets older, you know, maturity. She reminds me a, a little bit of we've seen Princess Mary evolve as her children have get, got older. She's very. Solidifying force. And I think she will take the lead in making sure that she and Meghan have a good relationship, that Meghan has a good friend in her, someone she can rely on, Um, someone that she trusts, not just as a sister in law, but as a new parent and that sort of thing. I think they will, you know, I think the the Sussexes will have another child. We don't know if, if the Cambridges will. I think they'll want their children to have firm. Cousin bonds, uh, you know. I think that's important. Of course, Kate uh, has her sister's, Pippa's uh, son as a cousin for her child. But the Sussexes' children are going to be very important in the lives of the Cambridges. And also, William and Harry valued enormously their uh, relationships with, say, Zara and Peter Phillips, their cousins. They were really stabilising influences on them. Peter Phillips, for instance, was a huge support to both boys during the years after the death and Zara uh, Phillips is very close. So they appreciate that relationship. And I think there's not many kids on, you know, Megan uh, doesn't have siblings with cousins to provide for Archie. I think that they will come together a lot more for the sake, initially for the sake of the children, but eventually because they actually are in this unique position where they truly understand each other. I think there'll be lovely barbecues and holidays together. And I think they'll get through this rocky period and uh, it'll all be fine. That's what I'm hoping. Who knows? There's a heck of a lot of pressure on them constantly. I think that Megan, you know, I think she does let things slide off her. I think she's particularly skilled at that, but for how long she can, I don't know. You know, the constant criticism must get to her. And we know that what she said to Pharrell Williams suggested that it sometimes does, that, you know, they don't make it easy. These four are stronger as a foursome than they are as two twosomes and i think that they will eventually realize that i guess at
2: the end of the day they only have
1: each other exactly
2: so that brings us to the end of the podcast thanks so much for joining us today Anne. thanks Muta, and thanks everyone for listening for more on the royals please go to newidea.com.au or visit our facebook page new idea royals and don't forget the latest issue of the royal monthly is out now